Before we dive in, I wanna let you know about this amazing guide I've put together for you called Be Your Own Boss, the step-by-step guide to nailing down your niche, creating your first offer, and launching your dream business. If you're a new entrepreneur or you've been thinking about starting your business but you're not quite sure where to start or maybe you're not getting the clients you want, this guide is for you. Head to bit.ly slash startmybiz2020 or you can just look below this episode and click the link in there. All right, on to the show. I think ultimately for people that are listening, if this is something that you do truly want, it's just just take time to you know, start now, don't just keep delaying it just because you're in your corporate job like I did, but start now and start taking those action steps now so that you can leave your corporate job sooner. You're listening to the story behind the journey, the show that goes behind the scenes of successful entrepreneurs, dreamers and doers, and the inspiring movements they've built. I'm Angela Master Giacomo, and on the show today, we talk to Shannon Siegel, who joins me for an honest chat about leaving her corporate job and taking off to pursue her dreams in Bali. Yes, Bali. Shannon has created an incredible business that allows her to work Oceanside every day, change lives, and do something that she really loves in a place that she just adores. So Shannon's chat is one that is incredibly inspiring. It's also filled with a ton of great tips and strategies, including strategies on how to leave your nine to five, the mistakes Shannon wishes she hadn't made, and of course, a few tips for Instagram because she is an Instagram and marketing whiz. And these tips are gonna have you rethinking your strategy. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Without further ado, let's dive right into the episode. I can't wait for you to hear this. I am super excited to be chatting with Shannon Siegel today, who helps early stage female entrepreneurs launch an online coaching or service-based business, craft a marketing strategy that converts, and live the laptop lifestyle. Two of the many ways she facilitates this is through incredible trainings on her Instagram and her Facebook group, The Tropical Social, where she's always sharing tons of tricks for building Instagram engagement, creating captivating stories, and getting results from your marketing efforts. And I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. But Shannon, welcome to the story behind the journey. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited. You are actually my first guest ever for this podcast. So oh, it's, wow. <laughs> I know it's very special. It's really exciting. Awesome. I can't think of a better way to start off because I think that you and I share a lot of similarities, except that I think you're actually living a much cooler life because <laughs> you because you are joining us from Bali, which is just incredible. Like I love seeing that you are so in control of your own freedom. And you moved here from or you moved to Bali from California, right? So yes. how how did that even come about? <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's kind of a long story. Um, but I actually moved to Bali at the very, very end of January. So kind of right before COVID hit, which was just wonderful timing. (laughs) Um, but it is definitely kind of long story, like I mentioned, but kind of like basically my senior year of college, I was actually just kind of scrolling through Facebook one day and I came across an ad for these two women who are actually promoting their own online course to work online and travel the world. I don't know if you've heard of the bucket list bombshells, but that was the ad that kind of popped up on my Facebook. Um, And really just before coming across that ad, I just hadn't actually thought about doing anything other than working in corporate because that is all I've ever known. And that's kind of what I grew up believing was the only option for me. So 
I ended up actually buying the course like basically two minutes after I saw the ad. Yeah, I was that impulse buyer <laughs> that was like, oh my gosh, these girls are living the laptop lifestyle. And at the time they were living in Bali, which was ironic. Uh, but basically from then on, I just knew that I wanted to start my own online business someday and kind of live that laptop lifestyle, specifically in Bali. So I ended up going down the corporate route, though, because basically everyone else was doing it. You know, all my friends were doing it. And that's what my parents had told me was like, you know, the way to go. And really, the day that I graduated, I moved down to San Diego. And I actually got a position at a real estate investing company where I was basically cold calling all day, smiling and dialing, <laughs> and just doing the, you know, same thing day in and day out. So kind of after six months of doing that position, you know, I got really fed up with it. And I ended up quitting and working for an Instagram marketing company. So I think that's kind of the story that a lot of people know, because obviously I do Instagram and marketing. So I think people kind of associate me with working at that job. Um, but yeah, when I worked at that job, it was very much a startup. And I found out I had a passion for all things Instagram and social media. So essentially, I would just talk to these small business owners and help them optimize their Instagram accounts to increase their following and ultimately convert their followers into clients. So I love that part of the job, but I really didn't love sitting in my cubicle, you know, writing the same emails over and over again, and just basically living my days as if they were on repeat. So one day I kind of just said, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to start my own business and kind of just figure things out. Like, I'm going to be honest, I did not have a plan. Um, I kind of just ended up kicking my cubicle. And at the time, I was actually doing long distance with my boyfriend. So I finally was like, hey, you know what, I'm going to actually move to Virginia. And I ended up moving 3000 miles to live with him. And kind of during that time, I got a part time job. And I really just dove into all things courses and podcasts and Facebook trainings, YouTube videos, basically the whole like business shebang, and really anything that furthered my business education. So at that point, like I really did know that I wanted to live in Bali eventually. I wanted to live the laptop lifestyle, but I was actually really waiting for my boyfriend to go to his military training school for six months until I actually made that move. But <laughs> very long story short, a few days before Christmas, I actually found out that he had been cheating on me for months. So oh I <laughs> essentially uh, actually, you know, went sobbing to my sister. I had my suitcase in my hand and I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to go to Bali. I'm finally going to make the move. So, you know, I packed up my things. I, you know, booked my flight and I, I moved to Bali and I launched my own online coaching business. So it's definitely an unusual story, but like, I'm very, very happy that I did it. Um, and just really today, I just get to work with the most amazing women. I get to help them cause massive transformation through them, through Instagram and through marketing. Um, and I really just help them launch their own online coaching or service-based businesses. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. <laughs> the story is insane, first of all, like in the best <laughs> way. But I see, oh man, I love it so much because number one, the first thing I really love is that it was more or less accidental that you came across this. Like you happened on an ad, which is exactly how, you know, I got my start. And I think it's how a lot of people do is it's so funny. You spend all this time planning and this is true even in business, right? Like you spend all this time planning and then the things you end up doing with your life, the things that end up making you the happiest are always things that you sort of stumble into by, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. So 
I love that you did that. And I also just love that you, it, from this story, it sounds like you just continually were taking action. You know, you weren't getting stuck in overthinking or um, you just like, you went for it and you just kept going and going and going until you got yourself to Bali and you had your own business. And it's just really tenacious. It's really admirable. Thank you so much. I mean, that means a lot. I know when I worked at my corporate job, I really didn't have anything figured out. Like I knew that I wanted to work online, but I just kind of kept focusing on the what and the how instead of just, you know, like, like, or I guess the what and the why instead of actually, you know, how I'm going to do this and like actually just taking action, like you said. So I, I did stay stuck for a really long time in my corporate job. And even though I really only stayed at my corporate job for a year, I think it just took so long for me to actually, you know, get out of that shell and, you know, finally make the move. So yeah, definitely. (laughs) I appreciate you saying all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to dive into that a little bit later as far as actually quitting your job, because I'm so curious about that aspect, because for me, what ended up leading me into starting my business was that I actually just kept getting laid off like over and over and over again. So yeah. I was like, ah, I should, I'm sick of getting laid off. Like I'm sick of basically not having a job. So I'm interested yeah. to hear the other side of that. But with everything you've done, I'm curious, did you have any kind of entrepreneurial influence either from your parents or people around you growing up? Or is this all just something that you sort of found out about yourself as you got older? Uh, no, I don't think that I really had any influence of it growing up. I mean, I really didn't know what the word entrepreneur really was until college, which is embarrassing. But I just think like now it's so common that people are talking about it. Like, um, but I just remember in high school and college, like most people really didn't know what being an entrepreneur was. And this whole, you know, starting an online business thing really wasn't like booming as it is now. So no, I definitely didn't have that influence. And it really wasn't until I saw that bucket list bombshell ad that I was like, oh my gosh, this is possible. And I think that this is what I want to do. That's so funny. It was the same for me as well. I had never, I remember even when I started my business, I just, I think I called myself a business owner. I was like, I don't know what an entrepreneur is. That's not, that sounds very (laughs) fancy. That sounds like somebody that's in tech and Silicon. Like, I don't know what that is. Um, So yeah, it, it was a different world, but in a lot of ways, I don't know. I'm curious. Like, I feel like sometimes looking back, I appreciate how naive I was because I think it almost made things easier in a way to just sort of be scrappy and get going. Do you feel like that helped you a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I just, (laughs) for me, I honestly had no clue what I was doing for so long. And I mean, I remember telling people like, I'm going to start this online business. I'm going to do it. I'm going to move to Bali, but I just didn't take any action for such a long time. And it wasn't until like I came across the bucket list bombshells and then I came across Vanessa Lau and started hiring coaches and, you know, actually, you know, looking into um, entrepreneur podcasts and that kind of thing that I was like, okay, like, cool, I can actually do this and I can learn from them and just start my own business. So yeah, it was definitely a scrappy process for me as well. You bring up a good point though, which is how important these different coaches and podcasts were for you, because I know that, I mean, I'm imagining that a lot of the people listening are thinking this. I know it's something I thought certainly, which is just that whole, that whole imposter syndrome thing, right? Of who am I to do this? Or I don't have enough knowledge or does anybody really care? But for you and I having things like that, seeing those ads or hearing those podcasts, especially from people that aren't, you know, hugely famous that, I don't know, for me, at least that gave me hope that gave me vision. It made it feel possible. So 
I feel like you're just illustrating how important it is for people to get out there and, and share what they know and to not not feel bad or weird about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody starts from somewhere. I think that that's like the imposter syndrome is like, you know, they feel like they're not good enough and they're not an expert enough or an authority. And it's like, the reality is it's like, if you go back to like, let's say Jenna Kutcher or, you know, somebody that you admire and you scroll back to their first post, like you're going to see that it sucked and it was awful. (laughs) But the thing was like, you know, they kept being consistent and that's why they are where they are today. So I think that's what really inspired me was just like seeing that, you know, these top entrepreneurs, they started at the same place as me. And, you know, eventually I can work my way up. It's just going to take, you know, that time and that patience. Yeah. And I love that you said that about the blog posts, because one of the things I did, so this is going to be the fourth episode. So I've recorded three solo episodes, although they're not, they're not out yet at the time that we're recording this. And one of the things I did to sort of, I guess, make myself feel better about the fact it didn't have to be perfect is I actually went back to Jenna Kutcher's first podcast episode just to hear the the quality and everything. Yeah. And I like I'm using I'm using a good mic. Like we have a good setup here. But hearing that and and hearing that there was this place she started from and it wasn't quite as polished, but the content was still just as good. I I don't know. I find that stuff so inspiring. So I am grateful that even as people grow, we still have access to those things. And I know Marie Forleo yeah. does that stuff too, right? Like she has all her old YouTube videos and um, yeah, that, that stuff can be really inspiring. Oh yeah. I've definitely looked at like top YouTube people and <laughs> just seen their first YouTube video. And I'm like, okay, like this makes me feel a little bit better that my first video or my first post suck because it's like everybody's does like, you just have to start from somewhere. So it is nice to just see, you know, those people that you admire and just know that they also started from ground zero as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So backing up to when you're still in your nine to five, And you're starting to feel kind of stir crazy. Like you said, you liked parts of it. There are parts that you didn't really like there. There I personally have a lot of memories from my own experience where there were these, I I wouldn't say there was any one specific key moment, but there are definitely moments where I remember thinking, I can't do this. This is so boring. Like, what am I doing? Do you remember having any of those key moments that you can share? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, really, for me, that moment was when I was working at my last position. So at the Instagram marketing company, and I was actually on a call with a furious customer. So essentially, the company that I worked for, it was a very, it was very much a startup. And like everybody under the company or in the company was like under 30. But basically, they had a software that helped grow people's accounts, which if you are listening, like, please, please, please do not use this method. Um, But at the time, I didn't know any better and I joined the company, but basically they had that software and it worked on the back end of Instagram. So whenever Instagram made changes, which obviously we all know they make changes constantly, um, this Instagram marketing company that I worked for, their software just like conked out and it was constantly down and all these customers were paying hundreds of dollars a month for it. So when it didn't work, they were very upset and oftentimes very furious. Um, And because I was doing like customer support, Um, And also just, you know, helping them put their accounts on the software and all that kind of stuff. I was kind of like the front lines of it. So I was really dreading taking that phone call all morning. Like I remember just waking up and being so anxious because I knew I would have to talk to this lady. And when I did get on the call, the lady just, you know, started going off on me all about the software not working, which I, you know, I totally understood, but she was just completely taking the anger out on me. So I just remember while she continued to yell at me on the phone, I just kept looking around my gray cubicle thinking, what am I doing here and how the crap do I get out of here? 
So ultimately that phone call just made me realize that I really couldn't take the constant anxiety that job caused. I wanted more control over my own life and I really did not want to be stuck in a cubicle forever. So that was kind of like that final push that I really did need to make that leap, you know, quit my nine to five and actually try to start my own business. So that's when I put in my two weeks notice and I haven't looked back since. I, I love that. <laughs> you should send that lady a thank you card for screaming at you and sending you over the edge to quit. I really should. <laughs> I don't have her contact information, but if I could, I definitely would. So when it came to actually quitting, putting in your two weeks notice, I feel like that sounds like such an appealing thing, right? Like I'm going to walk in, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice, but there's all these, there's all these tactical steps behind it, right? So for somebody yeah. who's thinking, okay, I feel like I'm going to get to that point soon. I want to leave my job, but I, I, I don't even know where to, like, is it as simple as just walking in and saying, I quit, like in the movies? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think I should have mapped it out a lot better. And I think that people who go down the route of building their side hustle while they're in their corporate job and then fully launch their business, I think that is a way smarter route than I took. So <laughs> I think my advice Uh, would just be to, I mean, I guess for me personally, like I, after that phone call, I just realized that, you know, I couldn't take any more of that position. I had so much anxiety. I was actually really depressed in that job. And I kind of just mapped out what my life would look like if I did quit that job, you know, what the next steps would actually look like for me. And I also just made sure that I did have enough in savings so that if I, you know, quit my job cold turkey, I at least had some kind of backup. Um, I think it was a little bit different for me because I knew I would be, you know, moving in with my boyfriend and because of military, you know, there's all the things that go on with that. Um, but I knew that I did kind of have a backup with that. And I also knew that I would be working a part-time position while actually trying to build up my business. So I knew that I would still have some funds coming in. So I think ultimately it comes down to making sure that like, this is truly, you know, a, what you want and B just mapping out, like, what is it going to look like when I quit my business? Like, what are those next steps going to be? And just really having that foundation in place, because I think that was something that was missing for me. Like I, you know, I didn't just, you know, I did kind of just quit my job cold turkey and I did move, you know, 3000 miles and then have a part-time job and then have the side business. But I think what would have been smarter is to have the corporate job and then have the side business and then kind of, you know, quit it and then fully launch my business. So I think I did things a little bit backwards, not going to lie, but I think ultimately for people that are listening, if this is something that you do truly want, it's just just take time to, you know, start now. Don't just keep delaying it just because you're in your corporate job like I did, but start now and start taking those action steps now so that you can leave your corporate job sooner. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I I did the same thing where when I got laid off, I had like I freelanced for a little bit for somebody else while I was building it. Because like you said, you have to have this income coming in. So when you all right, you've quit your job now, you're happy and also probably a little bit scared. You wake up. what, What happens next? Like what are those next couple days and weeks after quitting your job like? I mean, for me, I was actually moving from San Diego for, for to Virginia. So I was actually just like, oh, my God, I'm packing. I'm like packing up my stuff <laughs> and like kind of starting up this new life. So my situation is a little bit different. But I mean, I think for other people, it's really just like I said, you know, mapping out what you really want your life to look like, because I think and this is kind of going back to my previous job at my real estate investing company is 
I would ask people like what their goals are and, you know, what they, you know, really why they wanted to invest in real estate essentially. And a lot of them actually hadn't been asked what their goals are. And I actually had one lady sob on the phone to me when I asked her like, you know, what are your goals for the next five or 10 years? Because nobody had asked her that. So I think it's just really sitting down and saying like, okay, you know, what do I want? What is that plan? And how am I going to move forward? And instead of just, you know, staying stuck in like analysis paralysis and like, how am I going to go about doing it? It's, you know, taking action steps every day, whether that is, you know, um, watching or watching a YouTube video, um, listening to a podcast, like even just small things where you're, you know, educating yourself about marketing or business or, you know, whatever it is that you're interested in, like those all count as small action steps. And so I think to just continue doing that every single day until, you know, you're like, okay, great, I'm done with this, I can launch my business and, you know, go full time with it. I think, you know, that's what I would say is to just really map out what you want your life to look like and have that plan in place. If that made sense, I hope that did. Yeah, no, it does. I think having, I mean, you brought up so many good points, having a plan in place, but also just not getting stuck in analyzing things and instead just taking these small action steps every day. I mean, that's really, really crucial. So, so when you you're done moving and you decide that you're going to launch this business, do you remember what some of those first steps, like those very first things that you did were? Yeah. I mean, for me, I had actually been following, I don't know. Have you heard of Vanessa Lau? No, but I heard you mention her before. So now there are two things. Now you mentioned two things that I feel like I have to go (laughs) back and learn. Yeah. Well, she is amazing. And actually in my corporate job at the Instagram marketing company, I found out about her basically when she initially was like first launching her YouTube channel, which was really interesting now to think back. But I remember in my Instagram marketing company, because obviously I was on Instagram all day long, I would, you know, scroll on her Instagram account and also you know, side note, I would watch her YouTube videos at work, (laughs) uh, which hopefully my old boss isn't listening to this. Um, But basically, I would watch her YouTube videos. And she uh, was basically helping or, you know, telling millennial women how to launch their own online business and online businesses, I cannot talk today. And basically, it's just showing people what that journey was and like basically showing people what that process looked like for her. Um, so I think that that was really neat. And I think that that is really what I needed at the time was somebody to show me and like to actually see what it would look like to walk in their own footsteps because she quit her job. She worked a part time position. You know, she started coaching one on one and then eventually she launched her own course. So for me, she was somebody that like I very much looked up to. And um, like I said, when I was in that corporate job, I would just watch her YouTube videos and, you know, be constantly <laughs> like devouring them and just learning as much as I possibly could. And then when I quit my corporate job and I moved to Virginia, I actually ended up buying her course, which very much helped lay the foundation for my business. And like I said, I just kind of dove into all things education and entrepreneur related. And I ended up also investing in a mentor. So those two things really helped, you know, launch my business and kind of get me to where I am today. So, so important and such a time saver to have that step by step, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I remember her course just kind of laying everything out from like start to finish, which is really what I needed at the time. And I think, you know, obviously at the now, I think there's a lot more courses that kind of go into depth about it as well. But at the time, I think she was kind of the main person that walked millennial people through it. And just like, you know, how to start your own business, how to niche down, you know, all these things, how to market yourself on Instagram. And those were things like, obviously, I worked at the Instagram marketing company, so I knew that kind of side of it, but I didn't know anything about a niche 
or ideal clients or, you know, how to sell. Um, so that, those were all things that she taught within her course. And I found them like super, super helpful. And really, like I said, it laid that foundation for my own business. Yeah. I mean, having a mentor, right. Even if it is somebody that you can't talk one-on-one with, but that you're either listening to their podcast, taking their course, whatever it is. I mean, that has been so important for me every step of the way and they change, right? Like as your business changes, as you grow, you sort of switch around, but it's just, I don't know. It's so exciting, isn't it? I remember when I would first get into these, these podcasts and like Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield, or I'm trying to remember who my, I don't even remember now who the first person I think Jenna Kutcher was the first person that I really felt like, oh, I could do this same kind of um, thing, like educate online. And it's such an exciting phase. And I really, I don't know, for anyone that's just starting out and is in that, I would just say to really enjoy it because I don't know, there's something so special about that time. It's so exciting. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I remember just like devouring podcasts and courses and just being like, okay, I'm new, like I own it, but I'm going to educate myself and like, you know, get myself out of this newbie phase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So I want to switch gears a little bit because your specialty is in helping women launch their coaching or service-based business and just create mm-hmm. strategies that are actually converting. So of course, I have to ask you about that. And you have an amazing freebie that I'll link to in the show notes called the three-step guide to double your Instagram engagement. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, can you give me one of your best tips for marketing on Instagram? Yeah. So, I mean, I think first off, I mean, obviously, if you've seen my Instagram account, I think you definitely need to have an optimized Instagram bio just so people, when they land on your page, they know exactly who you are and what you do and how you help them. Um, And also, you need to know who exactly your ideal audience is, of course. But I think my best tip for marketing yourself on Instagram would be to really build a personal brand before you actually build a business. Because I think that's what's lacking in a lot of, you know, businesses, especially on Instagram. I think so often people jump into entrepreneurship without actually building that foundation and building that personal brand. They really actually think about the direction they want their business to go in now, but really not 10 to 20 years from now. So the thing is people want to know, you know, who the person behind the brand is. They want to be able to connect and relate to you. So I think a lot of people right now are just kind of posting about their products or services, but not actually building that emotional connection with their audience. Um, and not, you know, sharing their values, their passions, their interests, etc. And all those things really do tie into building your personal brand. And at the end of the day, you know, people do buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And so, you know, they're not just going to buy from you because you put up a pretty picture on Instagram. <laughs> so it really is ultimately coming down to building up that personal brand, you know, showing up, sharing what makes you unique and building that brand and not just a business. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I have to say that I love your Instagram tips, like everything I have been ever since we connected, I've been watching your stories. And every time I feel like, how how is she just putting this on her stories for free? Like they're such good trainings. I watched your one, um, I think it's in your highlights where you talk about how to get brand specific color for the text on your stories. And you (laughs) do this really simple walkthrough of, you know, creating the graphic on Canva and all of that. And I couldn't believe how simple it was. And now all of a sudden, like, that's what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) I'm like, like, yeah, and it was so simple. And it was, and that's what I love about your teaching is it's very simple. It's very easy to understand. And it's stuff that I don't think a lot of us think of, but what you, the way you talk about it and the way you make it um, accessible 
it's like, oh yeah, why am I not doing that? It's such a simple thing, but it can really help with things like that personal brand. Yeah, no, I mean, I so appreciate it. And thank you. That means a lot that you're, you know, watching my stories and you're implementing it and that it's helpful because that's, you know, the end, that's really my end goal is I want to help people, you know, market themselves on Instagram. And I'm so glad that you're, you know, finding those tips useful. But yeah, that is really why I do those mini trainings because I am so passionate about Instagram and about marketing. So it definitely makes me so happy that you said that. So thank you. You're very, very welcome. When when it comes to personal branding, of course, one of the most important things, sort of the crux of it is finding your voice, right? And knowing what that yeah. voice is, what you want to talk about. And so I know that when I was first starting out, especially, I really, really struggled with this a lot. It it seemed like it should be simple. And I very much was yeah. beating myself up for not just getting it quickly. So yeah. what advice would you be able to give for somebody who is really struggling to find their voice and just isn't even sure what that what that means for them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely struggled with this as well. I can guarantee you that. Um, and I think it is really easy for people to kind of get caught up in what everybody else is saying on Instagram and kind of look at everybody else's captions and kind of feel like you have to write the same way. But the thing that I always tell clients is to really like create before you consume. Um, so, you know, it's great to listen to podcasts and blogs and read other people's content and get inspiration. But I think a lot of the times like inspiration turns into imitation. And I know a lot of people don't mean to, but it's like, you know, if you're reading Jenna Kutcher's um, blogs all the time, most likely you're going to kind of start to write just like her, which is okay as long as you're not writing exactly like her. (laughs) Um, But I think my best advice is to just kind of, you know, try to tune out the noise and write about topics that you are genuinely interested in and like your own take on the matter, because, you know, there are a million other people talking about Instagram, but it's really like how you can spin it and how you can, you know, show your own unique voice and how, you know, like I said, you can take your own unique approach to the matter. Um, So how I write content is I really just write as if I'm speaking to my best friend. Um, I think that's kind of the best way to go about it. So you're not just, you know, trying to um, talk like somebody else. And I think, you know, people are trying to have their content and their captions be so perfect, when really in reality, that's like not what people are looking for. They want authenticity, and they really want to read posts that came from you and not somebody else. So I think my best advice is to, you know, talk as if you're talking to your best friend and also talk, you know, to your ideal audience, like do that market research and figure out like, you know, who is my audience? Because if you're just talking to everybody, you're really not talking to anybody. So you know, figure out, figure out who that one person is. Like for me, my ideal client, like I named her, which may sound silly, but her name is Kalia. And I have like this whole profile mapped out for her. So whenever I write content, like I specifically write it as if I'm speaking to her. No, that doesn't sound silly. I have one as well named Chloe. And it's like my favorite (laughs) thing ever because it does, it makes it so much easier. Can be like, what does Chloe need right now? Or like, what is Chloe going through right now? And, um, and like you said, being able to picture that person that you're writing to really helps. And I'm curious about your writing process a little bit, because one of the things that I was, I don't know if this is just my writing background, or if it's just uh, like, insanity neurosis like thing. But for a long time, I would write and edit, like I would be writing and be like, no, no, that doesn't sound good. And I would edit it. And I found the more that I would just allow myself to just write and have it sort of suck. And then, and then later after I'd written the full caption or the full blog post or whatever, then go back and edit it. I found that it always sounded more like me as a person instead of 
me trying to look like a person if you know what I mean (laughs) yeah like does that I don't know is that kind of your writing process or do you do something different yeah I mean I think even in the beginning it was definitely a struggle to write content like I would spend hours like I'm not even kidding you like three hours on a post which is just ridiculous I did the same Yeah, and I think a lot of people do because it's like you don't know what to say, especially when you're just starting out. You're seeing everybody else's content. You're like, oh, I have to write about Instagram, you know, this tip or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And I think for me, you know, when I was starting out, I would look at, um, you know, influencers like Jenna Kutcher or whoever else. Like, okay, cool. Like, how do I write like them? (laughs) Um, And it, it just didn't help because it wasn't in my own unique voice. And then, like I said, I would spend hours writing this content and then I would delete it. Um, so I think for me, it's mostly like I said, like I create before I consume and I try to just kind of jot down, you know, my thoughts. And even if I'm listening to like a podcast or something like on the go, um, I'll just like write down like some inspiration on like my notes in my phone. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like I want to talk about personal branding, let's say one day, um, because like, I really love this podcast. Like, I don't know if you saw my last post, but I talked all about Lindsay Roman. She did an IGTV video about personal branding. And in my post, like I did my own take on it, but I also related it to how Lindsay has built up this amazing personal brand. So it's like, it's my own take on personal branding, but it's also like, I learned so much from Lindsay as well. that it's like, I can tell my followers about this, but in my own voice. So that kind of makes sense. But I think it's really just, you know, like I said, like creating before you consume. And also like one thing that I've learned from my mentor as well is like finding an anchor point. So you know, let's say that you're launching your one-on-one course, you know, you're, you should really try to map out your content related to your one-on-one course. So it is, you know, on brand and it is like leading up to selling your one-on-one course instead of just talking about random things all the time. Um, so yeah, that's really how I go about writing my content is I create before I consume and I find different anchor points, whether that is I am going to be, you know, selling on my stories or I'm going to be doing a Facebook live or not. Yeah. Facebook live. I can't talk today. Um, <laughs> we're going to be, you know, selling my one-on-one Instagram intensive, you know, whatever it is, I kind of find that anchor point and that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about, um, for that week or for that month, if that makes sense. Yes. I love that. And as you were talking, I kept making these mental notes. I was like, Oh, that's so good. That's so good. We have, sur-. but then it was just everything. Like everything you said was so helpful. And <laughs> yeah, I, sorry. I was like, felt like it was kind of all over the place there, but hope no, but it's, it's very connected. And I love so much. I mean, this, I feel like should be everyone's new slogan, which is create before you consume. That's so good. Yeah. And I love what you said about having an anchor point, because I also think it makes it a lot easier to create content. If you know, okay, this is what I'm creating around instead of feeling like, okay, every day I have to think of something new to talk about. It's like, no, no, you're talking about the same thing. It's that same anchor point. You're just talking about it in different ways. And I think that takes some of the pressure off. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Because I'm like before when I had just started, I was just talking about anything and everything. Um, And also another thing is like similar to anchor points, but also like finding those brand pillars. So for me, it's like, you know, I talk about the same three things consistently in my content. So I'm never just, you know, showing up to write my content on later, the scheduling app that I use and just not knowing what to say. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm talking about these, one of these three themes today. And I already know like what I'm going to talk about because it has to tie in with one of my brand pillars, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's it's something I started doing recently as well is uh, creating a content calendar and kind of doing the same thing where I would map out on this day, I talk about this thing. And it's the same, like, I don't know, seven things on rotation, 
um, which, you know, they're all very, very similar. Um, and really when you break them down, it's the same thing. It's like really three core messages and yeah, just having that. So even when you sit down to schedule it out, you can go, okay, I know on this day, I'm talking about this. I know on this day, I'm talking about this. It's, it just flows so much easier and it's also more cohesive for your audience. Right. So it's really a win all around. Yeah, no, it totally is. I love having brand pillars and that's what I tell all my clients to have because otherwise you're just going to be, you know, posting something random and have it not relate and your, you know, your feed is not going to be cohesive and as well as people when they land on your page, they're really not going to know like what you are an expert of or, you know, what you talk about um, or really even what you sell because you're just going to be scattered all over the place. So, you know, finding that anchor point and having those brand pillars in place is going to be really key. Absolutely. We touched on this a little bit. I have a feeling I know the answer, but what mistake do you see new entrepreneurs making the most early on in their careers? Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, I think also that is they are not really building a personal brand, but also they're just constantly selling and just, you know, not showing who that person is behind the brand. I remember even working at the Instagram marketing company. Um, We worked with a lot of Beachbody coaches, but we also Um, A lot of the clients there were also um, wedding photographers. And so they would come to us and they would say, Shannon, like, I'm not growing on social media or Instagram. Like, what am I doing wrong? I'm not getting any clients. Um, But the thing was, like, when I looked at their page, they were all these beautiful, like, wedding photos, like, absolutely beautiful. But the thing is, it's like, if you go on Instagram, if you type in a wedding photography, you're going to see millions and millions of beautiful wedding photographs. So the thing is that like I really had to educate them on how to actually build a personal brand and to show who that person was behind the lens. Um, you know, when I read their bio, it just said, you know, Stephanie, three years in photography, you know, book me, book me below. And that was kind of it. So what I really want to get across to new entrepreneurs is that you really do need to build a personal brand and, you know, build that connection with your audience, like show what makes you, you, you know, share your passions, your values, your interests that you have a dog, like, you know, people want to know these things. And people also want to know what that would be like, or that experience would be like to work with you so you really do need to show that and show what makes you different from you know the other millions of let's say wedding photographers out there you know what is that unique selling point or what actually like I said what makes you unique and what's going to have people book you over somebody else you've actually I want to ask you about this so you brought up a couple times now and I don't hear anyone ever talk about this so I'm dying to have your take on it which is optimizing your Instagram bio what does that, how, how, how do we do that? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I think it comes into different components of your Instagram bio, but essentially your Instagram bio and basically your Instagram as a whole is essentially your storefront. So, you know, you do need to optimize your handle, your, you know, your name, um, your bio, as well as your avatar, which is basically your profile photo. So all those things kind of tie into your optimizing your bio. But what you initially, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you really want people to land on your page and know exactly who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. And I think so often people are putting like, you know, um, Kelsey, wedding photographer, and they leave it at that. Um, And what you want to do is also put keywords in your bio. So by optimizing it, I mean, like, how can people actually find you? 
Um, so, you know, putting that keyword in your bio, such as, you know, marketing and social media coach or, you know, virtual assistant, you know, whatever that keyword is and whatever people would actually be searching for you or searching for, you need to be putting that in your bio because I think that's what a lot of people are missing. And then actually having your niche statement in your bio as well. That's also what I see a lot of entrepreneurs missing is that when people land on their page, like I said, people don't clearly know who they are or how they could help them. So they ultimately just go on to the next coach or the next virtual assistant because those people clearly relay, you know, how they help somebody. So that's what I really mean by optimizing your bio is make sure that when people land on, the, land on your page, they know exactly who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah, that is so important to what you said about telling people how you can help them, because it's not enough to just say, here's what I do. You, I mean, That's not going to speak to people in the same way as if you say, you know, I help you <laughs> quit your job and live in Bali. They're going to be like, oh, I would like, or like, I help you live yeah. a laptop lifestyle. And they're like, that is something I want. That's a lot more appealing than, you know, I help you get clients. Like, you know, so that's so, that's so good. And I really like what you said as well about comparing it to almost being a storefront. Because I, I think, at least for me and the way that my brain works, being able to have something tangible, think of it as something tangible instead yes. of this mysterious thing online really helps with the visualization. And um, so, yeah, so I think that's really helpful. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that it was. And I think that so often, you know, people aren't optimizing their bio and that's really why that they're not, you know, converting their Instagram followers into clients is because their followers just truly do not know, you know, who they are or what they do. So that's definitely something to think about, you know, when you are starting your business is to make sure that, you know, all your social media platforms are optimized as well. Absolutely. Okay. Last question. What is one resource that you would recommend to listeners? Yeah, I actually have so many, um, but I, know I think a hard question, right? <laughs> Definitely a hard question. I think the podcast that I've been listening to recently, I guess I'll share that one. Um, it's called the Heart and Hustle podcast. So it is by Evie Rupp. I hope I'm saying her last name right. And Lindsay Roman, Roman, who is the um, woman that I just spoke about who had the Instagram um, personal branding IGTV. I absolutely love her. She's actually a wedding photographer. So I use her in a ton of my examples. But basically, they actually teamed up and they are now business partners. And they have a podcast that is all about business. And it's like a lifestyle podcast for creative entrepreneurs, dreamers and doers who want to make the most out of their life. So I very much relate to it. And I just absolutely love them both. They have such like quirky personalities. And they just really dive into like, you know, starting your own online business. It doesn't have to be, you know, wedding photography, but just starting your own online business in general. And they give such amazing marketing and business tips. So I would definitely, definitely go check them out. I have heard of that podcast, but I haven't listened yet. So it's going on my list because I do love a good <laughs> podcast to obsess yeah. over. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. And thank yeah, you just for, course. thank you just for taking the time to share everything, your story, all these tips. I don't even know where to start in terms of like, I'm already thinking about what are some highlights I'm going to share. And I don't even know because it was all so, so good. So thank you so much. Where, where can listeners find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Shannon Siegel, S-E-G-A-L-L. Um, or my Facebook community called The Tropical Social or my website, which is literally my name.com. Um, and like um, Angela said earlier, I do have the three-step guide to double your Instagram engagement. It is a freebie and it's in my Instagram bio as well if you guys want to snack that. 
All right. Thank you again so much, Shannon. Yeah. Thank you again for having me on your podcast, Angela. It's been so much fun. Okay. Bye. So what did you think? I found Shannon's journey so relatable and so inspiring. I mean, from working corporate and startup jobs to just picking up and moving to Bali, where she gets to spend every day by the ocean and just making an impact, changing lives, that is incredibly inspiring. But I would love to know what you thought. Send me a DM on Instagram at Angela underscore Mastro. And if you loved this episode, please leave a review. It really makes a huge difference in getting this podcast to new ears. So thank you so, so much. And I will see you next week. Bye for now.